Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For more sermon recordings and podcasts and to leave any questions or thoughts, visit begrace.org podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Clone, one of the assistant pastors here at Grace Bible Church. I'm Chris Webster, the assistant pastor of Sounds and Scribbles. I am Dave McMurray, teaching pastor. Well, this week you're along for the ride with us, I think. It'll be an interesting adventure. Mm-hmm. Chris and I were out. We weren't here for the sermon. We were both here for the Preach Ahead on Thursday, uh, which happens at 4 o'clock if anybody ever wants to join. Um, we were here for that, and we have watched um, on YouTube the the recording of the sermon. But I feel like it's not quite the same as being there. You don't feel the same emotions and see the same reactions and mm. and whatnot. So. I feel a little underprepared. I think Chris probably feels underprepared also. Um, Dave, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Dave is super prepared. He's just going <laughs> to run the whole thing today. But the reason we were out was because uh, we were sent away. Mm. The The deacons got together for Pastor Appreciation Month, which is this month in October, I guess, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, got together with the partners and, and attenders here at Grace Bible Church and sent all the pastors and elders away uh, to Marble Falls. We went to a little retreat um, not a retreat center. I don't know what it's actually called. It's little, just a property. Little but, cabins in the woods. But they have a bunch of definitely hand-done, handmade cabins. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty fun time. We got to just spend with family, do some canoeing. And um, Rose Webster did a lot of s'moring or marshmallowing. <laughs> um, I think we counted 30 months of the week. <laughs> oh was over. Yeah, Wait, for real? I don't yeah. know. No, uh, I was going to say, how did you count that? She was <laughs> I think it was always uncountable. Yeah. <laughs> Always had She's one like in her a mouth. chain smoker, but it was marshmallows. <laughs> oh man, how old is she? Man, that's bad. Uh, <laughs> sugar, sugar is her love language. That's how I'll put it. Yes, yeah, there yeah. you go. But had a good time. Got some talent. Maybe we could link a video of Chris and Brooks' talent show entry. Mm, yeah, it was uh, good. I think somebody has that recorded somewhere. <laughs> oh, gosh. It was. Um, it lives on my De- phone. Dear Liza, special edition. It was right? so good. I forgot you guys to make you guys uh, sign an NDA before that <laughs> talent show started. Yeah, there yeah. should have been an NDA for the whole weekend, probably. But, <laughs> um, it was good times. Claudia, my daughter, wanted to do it. Got up. Started mm. to almost dance, wouldn't do it, got off the stage, mm. came back to the seats, saw that there were prizes, mm-hmm. and I told her she couldn't have one if she wasn't part of the talent show. Mm-hmm. So she got up, got nervous again, but she she pushed through it and sang uh, the mm-hmm. doxology for everybody. Oh, so She did it for the prize. She did it for the prize. If there's not a prize, it's not worth competing, right? Yeah. Well, I think that's how a lot of us feel. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week we're in Genesis chapter 45. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. I pulled up my notes from Thursdays, but it's not even close to the same, so it's probably not even worth looking at those. Well, we did um, the preach ahead, and you guys basically trashed my sermon, so I had to rewrite it big time. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say trashed your okay, sermon. Okay, not trashed. You lovingly admonished me, and I worked on it. But that's what the preach ahead's that's about, for, is to, yeah. to get together and, mm-hmm. and try and tweak it and refine mm-hmm. it and, and get it to a point that's a little more polished and maybe mm-hmm. a little more... Um, a little less heretical... Yeah, a little less a little radical. That, that's a good goal. Yeah. A little less blasphemy for your sermon this Sunday. <laughs> no, but we get together and, and we we encourage people to join us too. If you're free on Thursdays at 4 o'clock, mm-hmm. come on by, take some notes, and then at the end you can give them to, to me. I think I collect them and then uh, we kind of consolidate them and then the pastors kind of talk about it and try and 
sharpen up the sermon for Sunday, but some of your points, names and stuff are different, but you did have a lot of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess your your overarching purpose was haunted by God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you did that just because of Halloween, right? Mm. Yeah, I think I was... <laughs> Halloween definitely pushed me a little bit, but I was also really wrestling with how do we talk about God's presence in our good and bad times. And so I was I was just trying to go for the tension between this is horrible, but it's also good and God's working good through it. And how do we – like you run out of ways to say that in English. You know? Well, yeah, and, and we always think evil from haunted and we think mm-hmm. scary, but mm-hmm. we talked about this some last night and – and you talked about some in your sermon when I was listening back, but mm-hmm. haunted doesn't necessarily mean evil or bad. It means frequently um, or frequenting the same location over and over, kind of. Yeah, is that's what its the original real... meaning is something that keeps coming around. Yeah, so something that keeps coming around was kind of your main point. And you didn't really mm-hmm. talk much about it other than your intro and your and your outro, your closing. Yeah, I used the Francis Thompson uh, poem. Everybody tells Good me work. it's poem. Oh my gosh. Why do when, I want to say when, poem? Does anybody say poem? No, nobody. Okay. Not in anyone in the world. something deeply wrong with me. I want to say poem. <laughs> Whenever you uh, did the raise your hands in, in first service, I don't know if you did it in second service, but in the recording mm-hmm. on first service, you're like, everybody raise your hand if you say poem. What's poem? Poem. poem however poem. you say it. And there were like, like two coin, people. No way. There was not one hand in the whole place. <laughs> I think there were two out of the 200, 200 people. Yeah, I don't even yeah. start a club. <laughs> yeah. Poem rhymes with coin club. Yeah. Oh my! <laughs> well, so poem. You started with a poem. Working on me. And yeah. everybody raised their hand for poem. I think that's Pretty what much. I saw. Most yeah. so. definitely won the majority. Yeah. So but it's called "Hound of Heaven" by Francis mm-hmm. Tom- Thompson. "Hound of Heaven." And it's only 108 lines. 182. 82. Uh, <laughs> it's too a much. lot. That's an lines. extra uh, 71. Mm-hmm. 74. 74. I, don't know. I, I was. <laughs> my car didn't start this morning. My I brain's was going to say, man, Joey's usually the math guy. This is crazy. I was loving uh, uh, you were sparking my imagination. You're using crazy metaphors and mm. and reading poems, and I just I thought that um, I was just struck by the whole intro was this kind of dark, mysterious like mm. place that you usually don't go at the beginning. I was just like, this is cool. Uh, mm. I was enjoying it, and the word haunting too was like I do think in common usage, obviously we we. Maybe you know started somewhere else, but it is usually negative, and that's one of my favorite things is when you use a word and it, you cause people to question, mm. what does that mean, and can mm-hmm. you use it in the way he's using? Is that it? okay to like, say that? I was just struck by uh, we were cheating earlier and talking a little bit about this, and I was fire. struck by how perfect it was that because we don't have very many words of there is spiritual activity happening. It's kind of mysterious, and you know we don't have mm-hmm. very many words. Uh, made me want to invent a word for good haunting, um, but yeah, I just yeah. thought that was beautiful. So the preach ahead, we used I I used you catastrophe, which is Tolkien's word. He's an, a famous Christian author, and he talks about this like good, horrible catastrophe. You know, so it's like a happy ending, but it's a happy ending through this like crazy catastrophic event, um, and he kind of pushes in his. Uh, essay on fairy stories that that's really key to good literature and it is part of what we see in the gospel and 
So on the preacher at Thursday, I talked about that idea, but it was just kind of like an idea. It was an abstract idea, and it was still kind of it wasn't super concrete. Yeah, on it Thursday. was just vague, and yeah, like here's this idea. Okay, now let's go to the scripture. So y'all pushed back on that a little bit. It was just kind of vague, and it didn't really stick. And so I went back to the drawing board and found an actual story, which was good. There's a Brian Oxley version of The Hound of Heaven, which I recommend. It's a dramatic reading with some kind of like what do you call it? Animation ink art type animation hmm. and uh it's really helpful so if anybody's interested we'll put it in the show notes yeah i thought i think i thought on thursday without realizing completely the thought was that everybody knew the ending already to the mm. to the idea that you were giving yeah and so it wasn't quite as strong and you wouldn't be able to um to twist mm-hmm. twist thoughts kind of the same way that you did mm-hmm. so you were talking about lord of the rings and yeah you know going to mordor or whatever i don't remember mm-hmm. exactly what it was but i remember thinking on thursday that well everybody knows that story and they know the ending which mm-hmm. could work good but then today you talked about who or yesterday you talked about who goes to the end of a book and sees the ending before mm-hmm. or whatever and i was like oh who does that that hurt me but so many people, <laughs> my wife also scolded me for that <laughs> so so many people said they did that though yeah. that was one that you actually got hand yeah. raises for yeah and I just want to show For the record, I don't do that anymore, but I did sometimes when I was a kid. To everyone who does that, that is wrong. <laughs> and it you is need a to sin. stop. <laughs> that is bad. That, that would ruin the whole thing. What book I should for have me, said is like. how many of you are tempted to do that, mm. right? Because I think everybody's tempted to do it. But yeah. Nope. Nope. I don't think so. <laughs> I think y'all are lying. You're in denial. Nope. I don't know. I don't think I don't think I've ever felt that. I may wow. have in parts of a story, like if it gets super intense, be like, Oh, I wanna know if this works out all right. Mm. But I don't think even with that I've ever gone, so let me sneak ahead and see mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I'm so far the other direction. If I'm reading a comic strip and my my eyes accidentally read the last panel, I am sad. And you tear it up and throw it in the fire I, immediately. Yeah, it's, it's ruined. It's like wow. It's fascinating. Yeah, well, I struggle line. with stories in general we talked Hmm. about this a little bit on this podcast this has been a good challenge for me because i i tend to be a bottom line summarizer like that's how my brain works i want to summarize it i want like bullet points i want to take something complex and squish it down into something simple so yeah that might just be a a personal struggle that i have i was watching i was watching the baseball game the other day and the new star wars um not preview. What is they call another one? Trailer. Yeah. Trailer came on, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to see anything about it before. <laughs> yeah. So I'm one of those. Keep it fresh. But what I think why I love the word haunting to kind of hit on that again is just I love words that kind of describe what interacting with God feels like in a way that feels kind of honest. And I think that for a lot of us, it is this invisible. Mm-hmm. Maybe something just happened now. Maybe mm. it didn't. I wonder, you know, mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, as drives driving into work, just it's this beautiful, like, over, overlay of of spiritual reality on top of our reality that mm-hmm. is mysterious and, and is, is kind of something you can't get away from, but you wonder about. And mm-hmm. so I think that was why I loved the setting that tone for this whole story of, of how it may have felt for Joseph. And, mm-hmm. and as we read that, that just added this, this great color to, to what we were talking about. Well, what's really, this is totally sidebar, but just dear reader, just to mess with your mind, dear listener, dear, dear listener, listener. <laughs> sorry, the, one of the, you know, patriarchs, Isaac 
often God is referred to as the fear of Isaac. Have you oh. ever seen that when you're Bible reading? It's really yeah, weird. It's it comes up several God. times. It's like everybody else, I just call him God, but God's name or title with Isaac is the fear huh. of Isaac. It's, it's, it's very, that, so anyway, yeah. go chase that down. That's mysterious and strange. I've always wanted to just do a study on, on that reality of how that appears in the text. I don't know how many times it is, but I've noticed it comes up again and again. Huh. Probably six times. Probably. Maybe three. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, it's there. So Haunted by God was your overarching theme, and I think it fit really well for the the whole story mm. of Joseph, you know, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the but God was there, and but he trusted God because mm-hmm. God was there. Um, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to fit this week, mm-hmm. you know, but I think you tied it in well to to haunting, really the haunting of the brothers, really. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's all got to be with the backstory or else it doesn't quite yeah. make sense. But uh, your main your your main main <laughs> your main points this week were God repurposes our pain, God reconciles enemies, and God redirects kings. Mm-hmm. And uh, you started off, I think the first seven verses or so, God repurposes our pain. Mm-hmm. And you, you really focused on Joseph's, talking to his brothers and telling him you know what you meant for evil god meant for good you mm-hmm. you thought you sent me but god is actually the one that sent me mm-hmm. um any thoughts on that i mean that was your pretty much that whole point was those things over and over yeah know. god works through these painful events and god is somehow sovereign over that and not the author of sin and i just don't know that any theologian really has nailed that down how to how to say that but in christianity you understand that god you know, the Romans eight twenty eight verse, God works uh, all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And that includes evil and pain and disease and suffering. And um, and so that just, I think that was that, that main point was part of what pushed me to the haunting idea. It's like, how, how do we describe something that seems terrible at first blush, but is long-term reassuring, you know, in your 20-year or 40-year or 80-year walk with God? It is a good and beautiful thing, but it's also kind of terrifying. Or even like you said for the Israelites, for your four hundred mm. plus year story, you know. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really good point to bring things into context, and I think mm-hmm. I'm, I brought this up some on Thursday too. Is like we always want to say like, well, God works it all for the good, and and you'll see the good, and you'll be able to look back in twenty years and and mm-hmm. know that this pain was for good. But we don't actually get that, and that's not actually the promise. Is yeah. Not that it'll all be good here and now, right? But mm-hmm. that it'll ultimately be good, mm-hmm. and that the pain will ultimately be for good. So, I don't know. I, I have that tension where you know a lot of times we do get to see it, mm-hmm. but I, I don't like to not promise always. that it's always there because that's not yeah. it's not the promise we get. So. Job, Job is one of the greatest examples. Doesn't really see it all, you know. I mean, he sees a lot, <laughs> but we as readers see more than Job sees. Which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, I think it. The way I I think about it too is is it's kind of this. I see, especially older saints. I watch trying to watch them and mm-hmm. <laughs> be like them and grow up. Um, I think there's this rhythm of looking back and looking forward and looking back and looking forward and and mm-hmm. your past with God informing how you think He'll continue to to act. And um, I think what you're talking about, Joey, is is this larger kind of holistic thought of it's not all going to be okay necessarily here, but I do think we have smaller moments of if we pay attention and and continue to be 
watching what God does, there's there's miniature <laughs> miniature sure, moments yeah. of like mm-hmm. like well that little thing was okay looking back, mm-hmm. and so maybe the big stuff will be okay looking forward. Mm. If that makes sense, yeah, and like little tokens think, of, of revelation God gives us, yeah, little, little junior saviors, but you know, I mean, really, <laughs> yeah, 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 little, be, little moments of suffering you can see God reversing, and you're like, oh, I clearly see how God used that for good, and then that might sustain us through greater sufferings or more long term issues, and so, yeah, and so, in a sense, we, we become kind of God detectives and we look at the clues and we say, hmm, I can come to a conclusion based on these mm-hmm. little pieces, even if. The whole picture is not clear, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you were talking about some last night, Dave, mm-hmm. about sometimes seeing other people's stories and mm. hearing other people's, mm. you know, coming through that pain helps us recognize that in our pain it's not as big of a deal, or, mm-hmm. or, um, I don't, I don't know the right way yeah. to say what I'm thinking. Kind of puts it in perspective. Yeah. Um, sometimes seeing other people's pain and them getting through it. So I think. A lot of that, you mentioned CR again this week, but Mm -hmm. that's what a lot of CR is, is Mm -hmm. other people saying, look at my pain, look at what God's brought me through, and and God can bring you through that too. And and what what is this? God never wastes a hurt? Yeah, God never wastes a hurt is a little phrase, bumper sticker phrase I use a lot in Celebrate Recovery. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's just an essential part of, we we like to talk about the importance of community in the Christian life, Mm -hmm. and that is one of the in the weeds elements of how community works is you're side by side with a brother or sister and seeing oh they're they're suffering they're clinging to jesus they're they're growing through that that gives us hope we can also give them hope by just being there with them through that and Mm. um, it's just a helpful process Mm -hmm. so god repurposes our pain was mostly i think mostly you were saying from joseph's pain Mm -hmm. but also i mean we're talking Jacob's pain, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The pain of feeling like your son was lost for 20 years and mm-hmm. um, probably the brother's pain some too of yeah. suffering through the sin that they'd done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the little bit of pain Joseph's causing them to, to grow them. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Any other parts of God's, God's purposes for our pains? We talked a little bit about this, Dave, you and I, uh, after the sermon preview um i think to me reading that story there are two distinct categories of the pain that are being dealt with mm-hmm. there's there's the past pain of joseph and the present pain of his brothers and and that was helpful to me wrapping my brain around mm-hmm. how god again it, maybe it's that rhythm of looking back looking forward so god repurposes our past pain and and we can only often see the point later but then also in this present pain we're we're dealing with that that is a a reshifting and if we cling to the pattern we've seen then it then it reshapes our 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 view of our current pain and and in this case the the present pain was pretty quickly resolved i mean i guess it was a few months maybe or a year or something you know compared to joseph's <laughs> drawn out story the brother's pain was over pretty quickly and god was like here's the answer right now. So sometimes that happens, but mm. um, but again, those two categories from for my own life are helpful. Of of what story did God tell in my past pain, and what does that say to my my present pain? Mm-hmm. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, in all three categories of people, right? Like basically, you got Joseph, the brothers in general, kind of taking as a clump, and then Jacob. Yeah, all three of them had a very different experience, which yeah, I think that's helpful to see. 
Right, well, your second point is God reconciles enemies, obviously enemies of the brothers and and Joseph. Um, and we see this pretty quick in the story this week. You know, mm-hmm, Joseph mm-hmm. can't control himself anymore. Uh, he weeps, and then he brings his brothers in close, and he mm-hmm. says, I'm Joseph, I'm your brother. Mm-hmm. Um, what about reconciling enemies? I think... You talked a lot about, was this a point you talked about forgiveness? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I tried to separate forgiveness and full reconciliation as two separate things. They were commanded for forgiveness. I mean, Romans 12 says, if possible, you know, live at peace with all men. I think they're kind of like levels moving towards full reconciliation. So here they they seem to become friends again. You know, there's hugging, kissing, talking, um, and I... I don't think that's always possible. Sometimes we have to forgive people who are not repentant and cannot be trusted. And I think God still challenges us to forgive them. And that's a forgiveness that we make. You know, maybe we state it to that person or maybe it's just between us and God. But forgiveness is kind of the bottom line that we're commanded to give because Christ has forgiven us. And then there's this other step that sometimes develops, which I would call reconciliation. It struck me too that we should... It's like we, we so need God's help to rejoice in in reconciliation, rejoice in forgiveness. I think we've been trained. Again, the, the stories our culture tells, we celebrate vengeance, really. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, especially, I guess, <laughs> speaking of like action movies, guy mm-hmm. movies, you know, whatever you call it. Um, mm-hmm. It helped me as I was listening to this story and listening to you talk about it to, to kind of think, well... I've been so soaked in sort of this Christian subculture and the this this biblical worldview that it's often hard for me to think, well, how else could it have gone? Of course, you know, of course they hug it out at the end. That's what God wants. And mm-hmm. I had to I have to like walk myself down the path of, okay, let me imagine the opposite. If you didn't believe God was at work, if you didn't believe God was good, if it was all up to you, mm-hmm. So that I guess my imagining was, so Joseph says, okay, karma has brought you guys into my hands mm-hmm. and I'm laying down the hammer now, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's mo- that's mostly the kind of action movie stories that we see. And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, finally, these guys get their comeuppance. And, Justice is and, and And in a, in a way that's not completely, you know, that's that, that weird tension between justice and mercy that's mm-hmm. that's not completely uh just out of left field mm-hmm. um but but again we it's i think it's important it was important for me to acknowledge this is not a natural thing happening mm-hmm. this is completely god has shepherded joseph's heart mm-hmm. to do a thing that most of us would not consider doing and we don't really get excited about that's not a that's not the kind of ending of a movie we'd want and then they were happy. They, you know, maybe that's <laughs> yeah. a fairy tale versus a modern gritty story. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, well, and I think it's definitely increased. I, I mean, I do think, like you say, in, in movies and in literature, the vengeance thing has grown more. Mm. Than the, I feel like there used to be more forgiveness and reconciliation in, in those kinds of stories, and there's less of it now. I think, and I, I think that walks right alongside our, our modern. Mm-hmm. You said the word uh, again. Some of my favorite uh, metaphors: dis- disenchanted view of the world. That mm. there's nothing else going on. There are no other, wor- you know, spiritual forces at work. Mm-hmm. It's all up to this right now, and I better take care of business for myself. Mm-hmm. 
when I get the opportunity, you know. Um, but this is what we see happening is the haunting of God. This God is doing this on purpose and it's longer than, than me or my generation or, you know, and mm -hmm. this is what God wants. And so I, I, that's great. It's a big hard thing for us to hold on to though, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's another gospel picture in this mm -hmm. small story, right? We get to see what forgiveness looks like. I guess my question is, I think when, I've, I've just been rattling around in my head this thing that when when forgiveness is offered, it always costs something. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you could speak to like what 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 was the cost here? You know, I think that transaction is usually glossed over so quickly. Like, I guess I don't know if you can speak to that, Dave, or if that sparks anything. Um, but I think, again, when we personally are offering forgiveness, it, when we wa read a story somewhere else, we're like, oh, yeah, he forgave. Cool. But mm -hmm. but the actual experience of forgiving someone, it's really a, it can be a wrenching, like, I have to let go of this thing I want to cling to. Yeah. Maybe it's just that vengeance. Maybe it's just that yeah. years and years of pain and suffering feel like well, that was all a waste, and now mm -hmm. these guys just get a slap on the wrist or not even mm -hmm. that. I, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think you're right. It always costs something, sometimes more physical, sometimes more of an emotional cost. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I've, in this story, I've been focusing more on the emotional cost, but I mean, it, it cost him physically separation from his family, moving to another place, you know, being thrown in prison. So it, there was a lot of, well, that's cost him, but yeah. what about cost for forgiveness? I think mm -hmm. that's kind of mm -hmm. more the in question. general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it always costs something. I mean, but, I think I guess I'm saying Joseph is an example of yeah, it cost him something. Yeah, it, it wasn't free. It wasn't easy. Um, and I, so I think we the the Christian model is Jesus paid everything to forgive us, so we can we can make this small payment to forgive someone our the smaller debt. You know, that's the parable that Jesus tells. And I think I just in my head answered my question too a little bit is that idea we see over and over again in the gospel the for the joy set before him he went through this mm -hmm. and i don't know it again this is not in the text really that G joseph well he was thinking and why and how he pro processed that but i do think it's a, a way we can think about it is i'm letting go of all of this injustice behind that's behind me mm -hmm. letting the you know, forgiving these people and I know this is for a greater joy after this, right? And mm -hmm. they do talk a little bit about to preserving life and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So yeah. maybe that's that extra piece we need in the forgiving processes. There's joy on the other side that God has promised. He doesn't just mm -hmm. tell us to do stuff without this, this beautiful purpose. So, uh, I yeah. think part of God uh, repurposing pain, God reconciling enemies, part of the reason we get to see Joseph do it, or I guess part of the, I don't know the right way to say what I'm thinking, but part of it being able to be a reality is holding to the promises of God, right? Mm -hmm. So he had mm -hmm. the promises of Abraham, of Isaac, and his father Jacob. Yeah. And mm -hmm. he held on to those promises. Mm -hmm. And because he held mm -hmm. on to those promises, he was able to see God's purposes. Mm. Obviously, we know that he's seeing it as it's happening because... Mm -hmm. As soon as the brothers come, he's able to tell, well, when he decides mm -hmm. to tell them when they're there, he gets mm -hmm. to tell them what you meant for evil, God meant for good. So he gets mm -hmm. to, because he's holding on to God's promises, he can see God's purposes. Yeah. And then also because he's holding on God's promise, you know, that they'd be a great nation, mm -hmm. he's able to reconcile with them. I think 
a think lot so. of it is because Joseph's holding on to God's promises that he's able to even see this in the moment mm-hmm. and to see in the future that, you know, if, if this wasn't part of God's promise, reconciliation might not happen because yeah. it wouldn't need to happen. Well, and I think in the text, so this is setting, I kind of teased chapter 46, God reassures Jacob, like, no, really, this is, this is right. Go ahead and go. It seems like this is, you know, Jacob's already on his way, but he gets a vision from God that says, you are going to go. There will be this sojourning in Egypt. It's a part of my plan. So then Jacob should be remembering, oh, yeah, you promised this to Father Abraham back in Genesis 15. Of course, he didn't have the chapter numbers we have, but uh, <laughs> really, but we see that happening in Genesis 15. So, so yeah, so there's this huge promise that God makes in Genesis 15, and part of God's promise is you will, you know, your people will be in Egypt for 400 years, which is crazy. But yeah, I think that's a good point, Joey, that he's he's holding on to promises that God has clearly made and said, "This is what I'm doing," and I think that empowers, you know, all the way fast forward to the end of the Bible. You got the Apostle Paul saying. I'm I'm willing to give my life to this. You know, I'm filling up in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's affliction. So he's he's saying I am paying this price in my body. I've been beaten and stoned and all this to deliver Christ's afflictions to others and to pass this on. I'm part of God's promises being fulfilled and and we are too. Like that's like the reason we're in this world is to keep moving the ball forward. You know, God's working in the world. Um, it's not just for famous Bible characters. Well, well, I love that. I was, I was, I love that you went there too, because that's where I went in my head too. Of like, okay, they had these family promises, and let's talk about our family promises as a church, right? Mm-hmm. And so this, this spurring on that we should be drawn into forgiveness as a body, as a family of believers mm-hmm. now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just read uh, Ephesians four, f- and. Uh, in one of my quiet times and um it just it just made me think of that that like uh, just verse one says i therefore a prisoner of the for the lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness with patience bearing with one another in love and it goes on to talk about this bond of peace and this this thing we should have as a church being willing to forgive each other because of this call and because of these promises we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a, that's a cool <laughs> bringing it forward to the present for me. So, Well, but still we're part of that same promise though. Yeah. Abraham, Isaac, same Jacob, one. you know, yep. so mm-hmm. blessing of the world promises upon promises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. I thought in this section you did, you also talked about Joseph saying, um, it's my mouth that's speaking to you. Mm-hmm. What, what was that mm-hmm. part? I don't remember exactly, but uh, yeah. um, well, the, you were helping me. I can't remember how much of this we've talked offline versus in the sexual podcast booth, but everything's uh, public. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were ta- you were talking about the kind of thinking through physically. They would talk to him, you know, in this public place. He probably had an entourage. He probably wasn't physically close to them. You know, he's an important person, so there's probably some level of bodyguards and distance. And we know he was speaking through a tra- uh, translator interpreter because that's told in the text. And so when he's saying, come close to me, that's um, that's a, a prerequisite of reconciliation, right? It is the closing of physical distance, uh, the increasing of intimacy. And so in a sense, it's him further revealing himself, but in a sense, it's also, you see the movement towards reconciliation taking place. And so... Um, there was this distant judge, 
Joseph, who was foreign and speaking in a tongue they didn't understand, and now he's this close Joseph, who is their brother, who is speaking the words of God to them up close and, and personal. And in their own tongue again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's like the extra oomph he puts behind his statement to go get mm-hmm. his father. He yeah. says, you know, go get go get my father and tell him the things I said. Tell him mm-hmm. tell him this. And he like I think he looks at Benjamin and says like, mm-hmm. you, my brother, are hearing it from my mouth. Yeah. Like yeah. as like extra proof, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that. Yeah, and I think it was, I don't know if it was first or second service, it just hit me, this is an echo. I don't know where I talked about this. I talked about this somewhere, but it's like an echo of of the apostles. You know, the apostles have been with Jesus, and they're like, you you know, Jesus would say things like that, like, you've, you've heard it, so this from me, and now you're going to go pass it on to others. And Paul would say this to Timothy, what you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses. Now you pass that on, you know. And so it's a, it's a theme throughout Scripture. I'm talking mm. about God redirecting kings. This is your uh, most controversial point. Mm. You talked about Hitler. <laughs> you talked about, uh, I don't know, Mao. Who'd you talk about? <laughs> I can't remember what I said in which service. Yeah, I don't know. Really but yeah, I talked about, in general, how we have these leaders we either like or don't like. It's, it's much easier to say, God is directing this king when they're doing good stuff. When they're doing bad stuff, hmm. we get real confused real fast. Like, wait. Is he directing them, or is he not directing them, or you know, how do you explain that? Um, I think the biblical concept is that God, God is in control. God, the word we use a lot is sovereign, which is from the root word of of like reigning and being a king. And so, God is the king of kings. He's he's in charge of everybody. Um, and so, kind of kind of loops back around to that first point that God is redirecting our pain and haunting our world. So when things are good, he's in control, and when things are bad, he's in control. Um, and that's that's a struggle to understand. Yeah, I, I guess my question with it, and again, talked about it on Thursday a little mm-hmm, bit, mm-hmm. is is how much is God in control versus God redirecting? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, and, and is there a difference there? So, mm-hmm. you know, you use an illustration of redirecting water. You know, you yeah. can move it from moving in one way to mm-hmm. a different way completely. Yeah. And I guess the question for everyone is, you know, we we live in a world that's broken. We live mm-hmm. in a world with kings that aren't good kings. You know, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. look all over the world and see leaders who who maybe you wouldn't want to directly say, God is directing that man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you want What do you to do with that? I just don't know that we have an answer. So I definitely have heard a million versions of answers. I just don't know that the Bible gives us one. You know, so the Bible, I think, hits the top rung of, oh, God is in charge. And then the illustration of the moving the water is is one of the biblical illustrations. God God moves hearts like, like water. It's easy for him. You know, I think that's really the, the main point. It's easy for God to move hearts around. Um, so the question is then, you know, like, it's God moment by moment meticulously orchestrating every single thing that occurs. That's that's what some theologians would say. I, that feels to me like a step too far. I think he has meticulous ability and oversight over everything. Um, but I just I just struggle to not want to say more than Scripture itself says. Um, so God's in charge. We know that, and. Man is responsible. We're having some technomulty fidgeticulties here. Sorry, Joey's mic cut out for a second. I was making sure it was oh, it was huh. still going. So. Okay. 
there was chaos in the booth. It's like, it's like, it's like yeah, let's, let's talk happened. about What's God's sovereignty on? while we <laughs> ran around the well, room. Joey's mic just maybe muted. Man. There it is again. You got it back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so God yeah. is sovereign. So it's like big umbrella. God's in charge. Boom. And then, well, how is he in charge? Is he like, is it like a puppet master? Is he pulling strings? Is he moving every I just mean you know, it's really, molecule? It's mm-hmm. really easy to say that God mm-hmm. redirects kings when we're looking at the story of Joseph and Pharaoh. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Pharaoh's accepting what Joseph says. Mm-hmm. He's accepting Joseph's um, advice. Mm-hmm. And he's doing and putting decrees behind what Joseph says. And right, we know right. that God's directing Joseph. So it's yeah. easy to say in that. And uh, I just think it's not easy to say in other situations. Yeah. Um, Agreed. And and I'm just wondering if there's some reconciliation of that or, mm-hmm. or what you guys think is there yeah so i went to romans 13 where it says be subject to the kings that are in authority best we can tell that was during the time of nero it might not have been exactly nero's reign but no matter who was in charge definitely persecution yeah there's persecution taking place it was the worst during nero's reign and so there's the sense in which christians say yeah kings are in charge even when they abuse and hurt us um and so that doesn't mean we go passive which is something i was trying to say during the sermon we don't like just give up and the muslim phrase i think is inshallah it's like it's kind of a fatalism of just whatever you know whatever happens happens if god wills it if god wills it if god wills it this will happen if not it won't and so christians are to have that attitude of you know only what we'll have is god's will but they're not to do it in a passive giving up way so i think that's the tension we're, we're walking right it's like we're even supposed to say God's will, you know, that's part of what is spoken in James, not in a formula way, but but we're not supposed to say it or do it or act it out in a like, whatever, you know, <laughs> who cares? It's it's interesting. I, it definitely brings to mind Bonhoeffer, and I'd love mm-hmm. to read that biography. I know a lot of friends who have, and uh, just that whole thing with Hitler and mm-hmm. his his eventual decision to, <laughs> to completely go against Hitler. And I guess, you know what? Well, a couple things. One, I, I just really want to nail down how unhelpful it can be if someone's going through suffering to walk up to them and say, "Don't you know? Stop being sad. God's in control." So mm-hmm. there's one thing just really functionally that yeah. I see a mistake people make when they believe in God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. But I think what what really was triggered as you were speaking too is there is a sense in which we we kind of localize God's sovereignty and say, mm-hmm. so God is being sovereign to that leader. And so again, this that can lead to, to passivity and saying, okay, so I need to just sit here. Mm-hmm. But what that kind of in a, in a sense, I may be approaching this backwards, but in a sense that's saying God's directing the path of the king, but not my path. And mm-hmm. also it's saying, let me put it this way. I th- I think functionally, I was thinking, how does it actually affect our daily living? And I think one of the biggest ways is praying to the king of kings and saying, okay, God, I'm watching what this leader is doing. Um, I know that you're in control. Mm-hmm. The question is, help me either see what you're doing good out of this. You know, if, if mm-hmm. he's calling me to sin, we don't do it right. We know right. that's a line, but mm-hmm. either help me see what that leader is doing, or are you calling me to be part of, are you sovereignly guiding me to guide him, right? Like, are Mm -hmm. you going to use me or the church or Mm -hmm. or this body to be your hands and feet Mm -hmm. 
to push back against this injustice. Right. You know, does that make sense? There's yeah. not only sovereignty up there, but it's yeah. here too. I'm part of that. Yeah, right? I think a lot of people talk about the prophetic voice of the church. You know, CC so prophets speaking against kings and saying, "Hey, king, you're doing the wrong thing. God doesn't want you to do that." You know, we have God's revealed will, and that that's really what we're supposed to act on. And when, you know, God is allowing, directing, whatever, however you say that, when when evil men are doing evil things. We don't say, oh, because God's sovereign, I can't interfere. Uh, I think we are to say, God, what what do you want me to do? Like, what do I have control over? What's my well, yeah, jurisdiction? Yeah, it's you're talking about of, of resting, knowing mm-hmm. that God's in control, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. over evil leaders, mm-hmm. but also the call to stand up and do what we can against evil. Yeah. I think it's that tension that mm-hmm. is really hard to figure out. Like, at what yeah. line... Mm-hmm. Do I just obey, or do I ever blindly obey an earthly leader? You know, mm-hmm. and at what point do I stand up and say this is this is where I can make a difference? And I guess to bring it to us in the states, I guess the biggest difference we can make is is voting. I, I don't really know. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, voting, but just getting in, involved in the community. You know, I think too often we have a fatalism of like well nothing really matters so i guess i'll vote but i'm not going to go to a city council meeting i'm not going to you know i'll only vote in a big important national election but i won't vote in local election you know i think there's different ways we act that out where we say i'll do some kind of minimal involvement but i won't really be involved and i've been more and more convicted of that some of that's because i'm an empty nester now so you know so i'm like looking out more to the community i'm looking less into my home for what is you know what does faithfulness look like in my home because when you have young kids it's like you can barely keep up with that now that the kids are grown up i'm looking more out at the city i think and thinking okay what does it look like to be actually involved in the city in the community um yeah but i mean i think there's there's always stuff we can do the serenity prayer it's another recovery thing but it's a i think his name was richard niebuhr or reinhold niebuhr i don't know some niebuhr guy yeah. poem yeah. Reinhold, I think. Yep. Reinhold. Yep. Um, but there's this prayer about, like, give me the the wisdom to know the difference between, like, what I can do and what I can't. You know, like, show me what I should change. Mm-hmm. Show me what I can't change. You know, like, w- mm. show me those lines, God. Give me the wisdom to know, like, it's when I'm really supposed good to paraphrase act. Of Thanks, that. man. <laughs> Anybody know it? You should have it memorized. Yeah. God grant me. Yeah. God grant I me the something, something, something. All our CR friends are groaning <laughs> I know. hard right now. See, this is supposed to make you want to go to CR so you can learn. The <laughs> I think that's so good, too. And, and again, you touched on this. There's a danger of passivity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the sovereignty of God grants us bravery because mm-hmm. we know it's not all in our hands. I, I do think that's what also a, a danger that the church faces is is my social act. Everything rests upon my social activism. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a ha- happy land in between where it's like, God, you're the king of kings. So I can I can try and I can act, and it's not all going to rise or fall upon on this. But yeah, specifically, I, I do think actually parenting is part of that. I think mm-hmm. pouring into your children and and bringing them into this discussion of like what like you said at the very beginning of the of this and throughout the sermon, I think you were saying it's not ignoring right and wrong. Yeah. It is still calling evil evil and good good, and then having the, this um, prayerful response to that, and and again like bringing your children into that, saying, "Man, I'm struggling with what that that leader is doing, and I want to have a godly 
biblical response. Let's mm-hmm. pray about that. Like that mm-hmm. is such a huge thing for the next generation, right? Yeah. Surely. Well, yeah. and and part of it too, and I think I keep going back to it, but is mm-hmm. is the whole. Joseph had a big story. It's easy to look at big stories and feel like mm-hmm. that's different than me. Yeah. But but even if your story is not big like Joseph's, you do have a piece of a, a infinitely big story, of an yes. ultimately big story, an ultimately winning story. Yeah. And I think that that as long as we can hold to that promise, as long as we can hold to mm-hmm. being part of that story, it makes a big difference in our lives that we get to, yeah. to live differently because of that. Oh, yeah. Ch- changing a diaper is... Disgusting. Disgusting. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but it is also faithful. It's pushing back darkness in the world in a real way. Mm. Okay, I found that. I'm going to read the prayer. After, after our sure. little cabin experience, yeah. Joseph has had the most Woo. disgusting diaper. So Reinhold Niebuhr okay. is the one who wrote what is often called the serenity prayer. And I'm just going to re- read the beginning. It says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There's more to it, but that's the main. Mm-hmm. There's still 182 more lines. Yes. Well, and, the, and the rest of it goes on to say how God is in charge. And, yeah. Right. So that's where the weight lands. So that that's that's big. Trusting that you will make all things right. Mm. Yeah. And ultimately, he makes it all things right through Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. at least where you ended your preach ahead. I don't remember if you ended your, your mm-hmm. sermon there because mm-hmm. my car didn't start this morning. So I was all over the place and I kind of lost track of. Of everything, but I did listen to your sermon like three mm-hmm. times before this morning. But yeah, so I think I mean just in a most simple summary, we we talk about Christ-centered preaching, and Old Testament stories are echoes or reminders of the ultimate story of what God's doing. And so we would say Joseph was saving people and suffering to sacrificially save and forgive people, and that reminds us of Jesus, who is the ultimate sacrifice, right? Who suffered for us who died on the cross for our sins. And so there are these little pieces, these little like shards and refractions of the ultimate story, which is Jesus. And when we're saying Joseph's holding on to the promise and holding mm-hmm. on to being part of that story, mm-hmm. it's it's that story that he's yeah. actually looking forward to and holding to. And now right, we, so this is the beginning. Yeah, God, God's starting something here that comes to fruition in Jesus. And yeah. now we can look back and hold to that story and that mm-hmm. promise. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that's right on and, and we're... We're getting there. It's this big tension mm-hmm. that we have to fight through of evil and good and action and inaction, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but ultimately holding to that promise, holding to, to that yeah. truth is what yeah. keeps us in, in that healthy tension, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was just looking through each of the points and, and trying to apply that to, to the story of Jesus, right? God repurposes our pain, so we see the suffering Jesus went through for an ultimate glorious good and... Mm-hmm. God reconciles enemies, and we're the recipients of that. We were mm-hmm. the enemies, and and through Jesus, we're reconciled. And God redirects kings. That's that. This is that. Both now and ultimately, mm-hmm. um, the the thing that made me think of I'm gonna <laughs> the the band and I are gonna be playing at a at a uh, I guess it's Veterans Day coming up, right? Uh, yes, it's yeah, a, it's Veterans, Veterans Day, Day uh, thing, and who knows what it is, and we're gonna be going into this place. I don't think all the acts are Christian or anything. So we're going to be singing a lot of worship songs, but uh, one of the songs is one I wrote from Psalm 46. <laughs> and and it, it says um, at one point, God lays undone all the armies of the earth. <laughs> and I was just thinking through that, like, I'm going to be singing to these warriors who have given their lives to 
mm-hmm. to serving, um, you know, and metaphorically giving their lives yep. to, to yep. serving and, and protecting. And, and just that is this huge thing to how will they receive that? But we do know, again, that's kind of an ultimate statement of, yes, he did. He has done that in small ways, but ultimately there's going to be this moment where all, all the kingdoms, all of the armies, all of this, they lay down their arms, uh, they lay down their weapons and there is peace and it will reign. And, uh, I just, anyway, I don't know. That just made me think of that, <laughs> that yeah. interesting thing. And, and trusting in that, trusting in that hope is what allows us to, to trust that God's in control and mm-hmm. to, to live fully in the mm-hmm. moment and the place that God's put us in mm-hmm. um, and to work hard and to work for change and work for good mm-hmm. are, are all the things we talked about today is that's, that's what brings us. It should bring us to that. It shouldn't mm-hmm. bring us to the passivity of, right. well, if God wills it, it'll happen. If God wills yeah. it, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, if God wills it, it'll happen. But maybe you're who he wants to make it happen. Mm. Yep. Yeah, God, uh, I think the person that had the most trust in God's sovereignty was Jesus, and mm-hmm. he took action. Mm. Cool, can't cool. let it go. You have anything you can't let go this week? Sermon yeah. or otherwise? Let go. Something that's just been on your brain in your head i'll tell you my weird one i only have weird thoughts in my head so here you go guys uh i watched this strange movie welcome to happiness i was talking to dave about it long and short uh i'll ruin it so if you don't if you want to watch it don't listen to what i'm about to say but unless you like um, to know what happens before then go ahead then you're one of the bad people if you like to know those people exist apparently for a small sliver of evil people i'll I'll strip away all the context but there's this moment in the movie where people are being brought to this this table um with um with an old man and an old woman and they have a red button in between them and they're talking about these horrible things in their lives that they've done or mm. they they basically get the chance to undo one regret in their lives um and the old man and the old woman say okay you can push this red button at any time to undo this regret and uh but let me tell you all the things that have happened past that moment and they it's just i mean it's kind of cliche in a sense but it's like um you know this person died but their children because of that death founded this company to combat cancer and have saved millions of lives and all you know all Do this they get to know swirling. before they push the button yeah yeah they talk about this and all oh, the wow. good hmm. all the all the good things that have happened mm-hmm. not even necessarily because of that but but have been it's all tangled together and they say mm-hmm. and, and at one point the guy who was who was thinking about pushing the button said, so are you saying what I did was good? And the old man's like, no, no, no. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, it was horrible. But what I do, what, what you should know is how complex life is and, and all of these things you would be undoing as well. Hmm. And, uh, and so the, the end of that little piece of the story is that almost everybody walks away from pushing the button. They don't end up pushing the button, but they also walk away happier because they know, um, in general, this it's it's a secular movie. So in general, they're just thinking, oh, everything works out in the end for no apparent reason, and no one's in control of it. But as Christians, we know, no, there's like an active mm-hmm. person. Um, there's an active God, really orchestrating. And and just what struck me was the difference between unhappiness and happiness was in that moment of realizing it and saying, even though this catastrophic stuff has happened, there's still good and there's still beauty, and I can have my perspective changed by knowing that. And so anyway, that's yeah. thought that applied. Technically kinda. the same movie and I'll ruin it too. Okay. But, 
<laughs> or not technically same movie, but about time is the same exact. Oh thing. yeah. In mm. the end, he decides to when he goes back in time to not change Wait, anything. You've never seen about time, Dave? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cover your ears. Don't listen. Yeah, don't. Yeah. La la la. You know, in the end, he decides that to be happy is to go back and just relive every moment, but just enjoy it instead of rushing through and stuff. So yeah. Anyways, totally. I can't believe you've never seen that movie. No, I know, and it's a time movie. I'm all about. Oh yeah. Time movies. Yeah. Yeah. So you've we've talked about it. Couple other ones that that reminds me of are what's the Jimmy Stewart movie Christmas? Movie? Oh yeah, what is that? Uh, what's the name of that? Life. Uh, it's a wonderful life. Wonderful life. It's similar. Similar My concept. Favorite. Yeah. And then another one is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, Jim Carrey. Too long. It's yeah. kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it's it's applied to romance in a weird way. Um, Do you have a Can't Let It Go, Dave? Can't Let It Go. Man, I just had one and it went. Away. Oh. I think stars. Did I already use stars? I feel like I, I've been talking about it a lot lately. It keeps oh, coming up. But my wife and I have been going for runs and walks early before the sun comes up. And so, you know, we're noticing like one morning it's cloudy. And one morning, the, you know, the stars are there and you can see them. And we just went on this retreat together this weekend. And there were so many stars. It was just overwhelming and gorgeous and amazing. And I'm just mm. thankful for stars. It makes mm. me want to go play that Switchfoot song. So. Mm. I couldn't think of any good uh, alternative star songs off the top of my head to make mm-hmm. a joke about. I only knew the one you were talking about. Um, it's a good one. Who was, who was saying something about the guy takes another guy to look up at the stars, they look up for 15 minutes, and then they're like, okay, we're small enough now, let's go on about our day. Mm. Oh, that's funny, I've who never heard that. that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm, that was good. really good bad. One. Sounds very familiar. But Sounds like a monk. I, I'm sure it's actually way better than the way I said it. Mm-hmm. Well. I'll go back to baseball again. Mm. It's been a good series so mm. far. World Series has been fun. Astros are now up three to two. Travel day today. Um, game six tomorrow in Houston. Mm. It's been really fun. Very exciting. There's been lots of series. The Astros versus Walgreens. Yes, versus Walgreens. <laughs> Turn off the W, yeah. Houston. Turn off the Wasn't, W. That uh, that watching the game was your talent in our talent show at the pastor retreat. It was gonna be, but. <laughs> The uh, it did, just didn't work out. It was gonna be like a living art exhibit mm. where everyone had to sit through three, four hours of a baseball game and watch it. Because mm. I I came to learn that many people who were there had never watched a full baseball game in their life. Who shall remain unnamed? But that doesn't yeah. mean we hate baseball. I think I yeah. have, if you count <laughs> eating hot dogs. I think I. The amount of hot dogs you ate is enough to have been to a baseball well, game. Well, I mean, I've definitely been to real games, and I think I watched a lot of them. I'm just saying, like, I probably didn't watch every moment. I was paying attention to the hot dogs some of the time. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's, 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 it's okay to not watch every moment of the game. Yes. Uh, Can we title this episode, Paying Attention to Hot Dogs? <laughs> <laughs> not really. Not really. Huh, but I, I don't know. Well, you know, you got to go That's a out band. and buy them. Maybe the, band. The, the whatever. Maybe the we could tie it with yeah. the marshmallows. It could be Paying Attention to Marshmallows. 30 Marshmallows and Paying Attention to Hot Dogs. Yes. Uh, gross <laughs> anyways series has been a good series it's been fun it's been good baseball mm. so i'm sorry for y'all and your loss in not enjoying that what days does baseball come on yes <laughs> okay yes You're just all the time the it's next like- game the next game which is the only game in baseball currently will be on tuesday night at 7 p.m central time okay all right that's game six it's happening if the, Ast- a hot dog. if the Astros win, it's over. It's over. And the Astros. If the Nationals win, it'll be there'll be a game. Who seven. won last year? Who's the national champion right now? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> he's twitching so so much twitching. <laughs> We're done. The Astros won two years ago. <laughs> 
<laughs> They're trying to win it back. Okay. I only watch curling. So. <laughs> it's the world champion. This is the world series, David. I just wanted to know who's wearing the big gold belt right now. There's, there's, no, there's no big gold belt. I think it's a snake hat. I think, I think it's a cobra hat. Yeah, gotta get it right. Oh, boy. All right. Well, bless your hearts. It's been fun. It's been real. Yes. Anything else you need to talk about before I close us out? I can't. We can't watch it on Tuesday. We have a poetry reading. We have to go oh, to. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yes. We'll be snapping our fingers. I just, think that's it. Just come to a house, read the poetry, and watch the game. We'll just sit in we the yard. Can, we could take and the look leftover. At the stars. We could take the leftover nachos from our nacho Ooh, bar. Yes. That yeah, I we got to get to. out of here. We got a nacho bar about to happen. <laughs> well, Dave, you want to close it out? Uh, thank you, thank you for spending this time with us. I appreciate it. I'm hungry. Let's go. No, what I was hoping for was thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly oh. edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For recordings of our sermons. For more podcasts and to leave a comment or question, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. And also with you. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite ending yet.